1: Hi there. Hi. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to Don't Miss This. This is such a rad section that we are jumping into right now. It's one of the favorites of the Doctrine and Covenants. And it's probably about a topic, about a topic that is most contested and talked about and wondered <laughs> about and worried about and thought about. It's, it's one of the great Second Coming sections in the Doctrine and Covenants. Which is going
1: to be so fun. If you don't know this about us already, we love the Second Coming. We love it. And I love that President Nelson loves it too because he yeah. just wants to make us think it's right around the corner. I hope it is.
0: Every conference you think that yeah. when he's done. I you're do. You're just like... You're right. Okay.
1: <laughs> I think it might Particularly be. Particularly
0: because his language is so scriptural yes. with the gathering. And you'll see in 45 that being such a common theme of scriptural talk at the second coming that when he talks, you're just kind of like, uh, why are you so obsessed with yes. the gathering? And because... So we're all the second coming prophetic prop, you know, the prophets then too, but.
1: And also I'm super drawn to people who love the second coming as much as I do. So I have like, is the word an affinity for (laughs) President Nelson? Is that it? Um, And we have another friend who is the same and we've told you about her before, but we just can't start this lesson without thinking about her. Our cute friend Nish, when she joined the Christian church in her congregation, they would assign you a mentor. For six weeks, that person would disciple you is what they called it. They would teach you how to read scripture and they would answer questions for you and you were just assigned this mentor as you started coming into the church, which I love the idea of that.
0: It's such a good idea. Yeah,
1: and you would meet with them every week, weekly. So she would meet weekly, I think it was on Friday mornings. And she lived in Colorado, And the woman had told her, just walk in my house, walk in my front door. We have the same type of house. So I think me and Nancy would be super good (laughs) friends. And Nish says every time she would walk in, Nancy would be standing at the back of her family room and there were all of these windows there. And she would just be looking out at the huge mountains, how beautiful it was. And she would turn around and when she saw Nish, the first two words she would say to her were maybe today. And after a little while, Nish was like, what does that mean when like when you turn around and say that to me? And Nancy told her every day I wake up and I look out to the East Mountains and I just think to myself, I wonder when Jesus will come again. That's what I think every morning when I start my day. And then she would turn around when Nish walked in and just say out loud, maybe today. And I love the thought of living like that, just like maybe today. Uh, what if it was? I should have worn my Send Jesus shirt. Why didn't I? Yeah,
0: I don't know. <laughs> but we can't stop and start over. Everyone just imagine that she's in a Send Jesus shirt yeah, right now. And it
1: could be today, Yeah, everyone.
0: That's kind of the way that we love to approach. And it seems to be the way I think we maybe have loved it because we've fallen into Jesus's approach, right? Of talking about the second coming. One of the themes that you will find in a lot of second coming scripture and you'll find it particularly prominent in section 45 is um that we take this from verse 35 Mm. but you could actually take it from over um 150 spots in scripture this seems to be one of jesus's go-to sermons and it's only three words long and and the phrase is be not troubled um the fact that he repeats that so often makes me think, I think maybe life will be filled with troubling things and you <laughs> needed to repeat it a whole lot, but I just love the idea of him continually saying to his disciples, um, be not afraid, be not troubled. Partic- fear not. Yeah. Fear not. I mean, that is, it's all over. And, and it seems like it is particularly helpful when you're having this kind of discussion. Because some of the signs of the second coming, some of the what he calls the fig leaves, he gives a parable in here about halfway through the section where he just says, I'm going to give you a parable about a fig tree. And when you see the the leaves start to come forth on that fig tree, you can take it as evidence that summer is nigh. So when you see these leaves, the fig leaves that I'm going to tell you about, and give you a list of, and we're gonna list those together as we go through. He was like, I want you to take them as evidence, but here's the evidence in verse 35. Be not troubled, for when all these things shall come to pass, when you start to see these leaves, even if they're troubling leaves, right? You may know that the promises which have been made unto you shall be fulfilled. Um, When we talk about the second coming, it is not only uh, amazing because Jesus is coming back, but he is also coming back to fulfill all of the promises that we are waiting for him to fulfill that are not quite fulfilled. And you
1: love also about President Nelson that he's had us not just in the gathering, but gathering those promises recently. So we know what we're hoping for. We know what to be excited about. We know what is ahead after the leaves.
0: Right, so this section is um, given remember we are in ohio they have just recently come into ohio because of that translation of um the book of moses with that zion concept and the second coming language that is in there and the language that you got in section 38 that was very second coming. It was also a time when kind of like the Christian world in general was very, very ramped up about the second coming. They had, There had just been this major earthquake that had happened in China and it was being talked about in the newspapers and it's just got everybody riled up about second coming talk again, you know? And Which, it's,
1: it's so funny how that just is the way it works. Remember when we had that earthquake a year ago Here in Utah. Yeah. yeah. And then immediately. (laughs) Right after the pandemic started. Right after the pandemic and then the earthquake, and then there was nothing in the grocery stores, right? It kind of is our, like our mojo to be like this. You just need that one thing. And then you're like, what should we do? I see a leaf. I see a leaf. Yeah. What should I do?
0: Right. So if you look in the heading of 45, it says, at this age of the church, many false reports and foolish stories were being published and circulated to prevent people from investigating the work or embracing the faith. So in addition to like the excitement about second coming, they're receiving a lot of persecution. They just got to Ohio for heaven's sake. <laughs> and People are already printing newspapers mm-hmm. about them. And this is the line, to the joy of the saints, I received the following. Oh. It is a, um, it's a promise. This is a promise section. Um, it, the focus on it is um, here are my promises to you let me give you a list of signs to look for as kind of like encouragement along the way to know like, I haven't forgotten you. Those promises are still going to be fulfilled. Do not be troubled. I'm, I'm coming to fulfill them all. Like they're almost just these like...
1: You love how this chapter is outlined. If you were to break it up into four sections and we're going to talk about these a little bit, but it's so fun that in verses one through eight, Jesus reminds us who he is. I love how he does that. We've noticed it previously in second coming scripture that he's like, let me just remind you who I am and what I'm capable of getting us all through what's ahead. And I love the reminder of that. In verses nine through 14, he kind of talks about becoming covenant Zion, right? He's gonna whisper of that new Jerusalem, that Zion people, he's going to hint towards that. Then he's going to give us these signs in verses 16 through 23, or these fig leaf warnings that here's what you want to be watching for. But then from 44 on, he's going to bring those promises back up again. So when you look at the whole thing, there's actually only a few fig leaves in there, because the rest of the section is his promises and his character and his ability to redeem and restore Israel. That's the call of section 45.
0: So Joseph has been working on the translation of the Bible and he's been working in the Old Testament and we've gotten the books of Moses and the story of Enoch brought in and he's up to about Genesis 14 um, when he receives this section and later on in this section, the Lord's gonna say, okay, now I want you to move to the New Testament. But this story is actually um, rooted in a New Testament story. So as you go through after his introduction, then after he talks about Enoch and Zion and he connects himself to that, he's gonna move to a story of Jesus and his disciples in New Testament times on the Mount of Olives. And then at the end of the section, he's gonna talk about the latter day saints. Mm -hmm. And it's neat because this section, um, Steve Harper has a line in his book where he talks about this section, like weaves together all of those dispensations together. The story of Enoch, the the mission of Jesus and his disciples, and then the Latter-day Saints. And he's weaving all three of them together and kind of showing how similar those three time periods were and are Mm. with each other as he goes through. So... Um, You kind of go back in time in this section, and we should say this about this one, too. This is what I I started to slobber. I'm actually getting really excited about this. It might just be scripture nerdy that I am, but this is Matthew 24 is this moment where Jesus gathers with his disciples to talk about the second coming. That's a really, really famous section of the New Testament. And really, you could probably find 7,000 books and commentaries on Matthew 24, about the second coming and what he means mm-hmm. and stuff like this. What is neat about 45, DNC 45, is, is it is the Lord's commentary on Matthew 24. So read a lot of commentary. You should, why not? But in your commentary that you're gonna read, make sure you include Doctrine and Covenants 45 because it's his commentary on his own sermon to his disciples and you
1: love that he just introduces himself at the beginning of that commentary it's fun to just start in those verses one through eight and point out a couple of things that just like give you comfort when you're thinking about what's ahead he talks about i'm the one who laid the foundation of the earth i'm the one by whom all things live and move and have been i'm the one who's going to come again in an hour when you think not uh, when the summer is past, the harvest has ended and you feel like you haven't been saved I'm going to come. And I love when he says, while it is called today, and then in verse seven, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the light and the life of the world, a light that shineth in darkness and the darkness, darkness comprehendeth it not. And I love that he starts out and he's like, don't forget who I am. I know the end as well as I knew the beginning. I know how to bring light into the things where you are unsure or don't know where you're going, I know how to do that. I'm your advocate, he says. And then I love in eight when he says, and I am going to give you power to do miracles and to become the sons and daughters of God. Everyone who believes on my name, I will give you power to obtain eternal life. And I just love the thought of as we're going to go into this time of uncertainty that he's like, this is who I am. This is what I came to do. And you can count on that, no matter how uncertain or troubled the times will be, you can count on this. I love that he leads with that hope and and we talk a lot about you'll find in end time prophecy. He generally leads with hope before he goes into what is going to happen in those end times. So it's just characteristic of him to begin. Then,
0: Then he tells Enoch's story. And how they, he was like, I was the God of Enoch who who separated that city unto myself. Uh, a day, a city that, and, and everybody, he says, knew about that story. And they knew about what I did for them. And they all longed for that same thing hmm. in previous dispensations. Like, what about our promises? When are you gonna do that for us? And he talks about that group of people who felt, in verse 13, like strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Waiting for that, including, he says in verse 16, my disciples, when I was on the earth with them. And he says, I'm going to tell it plainly unto you, Ohio saints, as I told it unto them when I was on the Mount of Olives to the Jerusalem saints. Right. And then all of a sudden he goes back in time (laughs) in verse 16 and he owes like, quote, this is what I said to them. As you have asked me concerning the signs of my coming in the day when I will come in my glory in the clouds of heaven to, check it in verse 16. You might want to put this, we've divided up this paper, warning and signs, and then also promises over here. This verse 16, you might want to put on the promise side because he says, um, the purpose of my coming in verse 16 at the end, to fulfill the promises that I have made unto your fathers so that is one little verse that we studied for six months so every promise that god made to covenant israel would be wrapped up in that phrase the promises that i made unto your fathers abraham isaac and jacob
1: yep all those hundreds of promises we gathered that is what he's talking about here it's just all of the restoration all of the redemption all of the promises fulfilled. Now he's going to do something similar here in 45 that he does in Matthew 24 and Joseph Smith Matthew also the same. So those are three sections of scripture or chapters of scripture you want to read together. Matthew 24 in the Old Testament, Joseph Smith Matthew. Which
0: is the JST of Matthew 24. Yep,
1: it's in the Pearl of Great Price. And then Doctrine and Covenants 45. They are all really similar, but read together. They're just going to give you a little bit more information. He starts out in Matthew, and he does the same thing here, talking to the Jerusalem saints about the Jerusalem time period. He's going to talk about when the temple is destroyed. He's going to talk about an abomination of desolation that happens back there to them. He's going to talk about what that looked like in those times, which is really interesting for us because what we can do is go back to Old Testament time and then um, look at New Testament time and say, okay, here are times when an abomination of desolation has actually happened before. Here are times when things, signs were given, like to the Jerusalem saints when he was like, when you see this and when you see this, they knew in those moments go stand in a holy place go gather together for safety they knew because the signs when we read that we're like oh yeah this happened before and they actually did recognize the signs and because they went together they were protected from that and i love that he he reminds us that watch this happened already once before so their time is going to be in 16 through verse 23 those are things that already happened to that group of saints. In Matthew 24, you'll read the same thing. He, he'll he talk about what happened in Jerusalem to those early saints and those early apostles. And then the language will change and he starts using this word. And again, he says. And as soon as he starts saying that, he's talking about now latter day time period. We're going to watch it happen again a second time. When that happens here in... Um, Doctrine Covenants 45, he says this in verse 24, which ends up being the switch. Uh, and this I have told you concerning Jerusalem, he says. Okay, this, this already happened. Now he's gonna start with: When that day shall come, shall a remnant be scattered among all nations, but they shall be gathered again. And now he's gonna start talking about our day. And in that day shall be heard of wars and rumors of wars. Now from 24 through 44, we are gonna watch for fig leaf prophecy. We are gonna watch for, for our time. end yeah. time, um, what events that we could be looking for. And we wrote down a whole bunch here and we thought we would just talk about a few of the standouts. You're gonna be able to gather them. It's fun to go back and read through general conference talks about what you see there. But we thought we would just talk about some of them. Uh, some that we wrote down were wars and rumors of wars all earth is in commotion, the love of man will wax cold. Uh, you love that it tells us in there the gospel is gonna be restored, right? We're like, oh, I know that fig leaf. I, I can see what that looks like. That one is really clear to us.
0: And, when, and the language that it will use uh, a lot where there is is a phrase called the times of the Gentiles. So you see it in verse 25 and you also see it again in verse 28. Times of the Gentiles is referring to a time period when the gospel will be restored to a Gentile nation. Um, remember, there was the house of Israel over there called the Jews. Gentile nation would have been America with Joseph Smith. And so it's referring to the restoration of the gospel among a Gentile place, which which would have been the United States. So when you see those phrases, that's what it's talking to.
1: Then we get down to a phrase that a lot of people have talked a lot about this year. And this is when it becomes really helpful to start putting three chapters of scripture together instead of just looking at one, because it, it's going to help us get a bigger picture of what's happening. And it's the scripture that's found... Um, In verse 31, and there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. And immediately we all want to say, oh, we we know what it looks like when a desolating sickness covers the land. Right. And and we want to go literally into that prophecy. But when you look at the other books of scripture, you realize, oh, there might be something bigger happening here. And um, although what we've just experienced probably is a fig leaf sign, there's also a bigger situation happening here that it's worth going in and looking in several other places to see. How was that described in Joseph Smith Matthew? And how was it described in Matthew 24? And how would that give us a bigger picture? So maybe do you wanna go to, um, I've got Matthew 24. Do you wanna go to Joseph Smith Matthew? Yeah, 32.
0: Okay, so the spot that it's in, you'll find it in 45. So Doctrine and Covenants 45. This is our jumping-off point. Is verse 31, a desolating sickness shall cover the land, is the is the fig leaf. That's the the sign, you know, of the second coming. So here's the the cross references to that one.
1: Okay, so you're gonna go. I'll go to Matthew 24 first. You'll go to Joseph Smith Matthew. Matthew 24 it says. Uh, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world in verse 14 for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. So Matthew's letting us know you need to understand Daniel in order to understand this desolation that's going to come, this abomination of desolation, this desolating sickness that's going to come, it's going to require us to understand Daniel. And yours in Joseph Smith, Matthew?
0: Oh yeah, Joseph Smith, Matthew, really similar. Just uh, almost identical language. And again, shall the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet be fulfilled. So just that idea, take you back. You have to know what I'm talking about in the book of Daniel.
1: So we're going to take you to the book of Daniel. Um, And there is one verse there. Although if you were reading all in Daniel, you would realize that in chapter 11, he's going to see successive kings and their wars and their leagues and conflicts, which lead up to the second coming. So when he's going to teach this principle, he wants you to know he knows what's coming. That's partly why he's included this in this section. And in verse 31, there there is this key that just helps us to understand what he's talking about. It says this, an arm shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. And shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Now the part you want to hold on to there because that is very Old Testament language is this, there's going to be the sanctuary of strength is going to be polluted is what it tells us. And they're going to take away the daily sacrifice. That is going to become the beginning of this abomination of desolation that's going to take place. In essence, what happens in Old Testament language is that they go to the place that is holy and they make it profane or common, or they defile the most sacred thing that that society had at the time. So as you look at this abomination of desolation that happened in the time of Daniel, and if you read Daniel, you'll understand, one of the things that we might be looking for in a figurative way is a a desolating sickness that would take what was holy and make it profane, that would take what was sacred and, and make it less sacred, that would take away the daily sacrifice, which we don't have daily sacrifices in our temples today, but Romans tells us we make of ourselves a living sacrifice, right? We live holy. We create sanctuaries of strength. And it's when we turn away from that, that we begin to see this desolating sickness. And it's so interesting because in 45, just like in Matthew 24 and Joseph Smith, Matthew, he says, when you see that overflowing scourge that desolating sickness cover the land. My disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. So one of the signs will be that thought of, is there holiness in our life? Is the sacred part of our life, the most important part of our life? Are we willing to sacrifice for sacred things? And do we live in a society that doesn't, that would choose the common, or the profane over the holy. That's a sickness. That's a society that has a sickness. And what should you do if you see that? Go to the sanctuary of strength, right? that That's where you've got to start gathering. That's a fig leaf prophecy of that gathering of Israel.
0: And an idea that I, I love that he just says, when you stand in holy places, it's almost like I, I make my statement right, that I'm going to live a life of, of holiness. And I, I've loved that um, President Nelson has talked about temples before, for as an example, as a compensatory blessing, a compensation blessing for a really difficult time. And it seems like one of the signs of the second coming is, yes, there will be desolating sickness, but there will also be holy places and mm. holy people to go That's to. That's so good. Like they will be provided as, as one of, of one of the signs. So it keeps going, and here's others that you recognize, earthquakes, people going against each other with the sword, and when he's done listing all of those things, which commotion and hearts failing and all those things, um, he said, my disciples' reaction on the Mount of Olives was they were troubled. No wonder, right? (laughs) And he said, I said unto them, be not troubled. And I don't think he necessarily means, like, if I observe men's hearts failing them, I'm not going to respond and say, like, well, oh, well, you know, um, I don't think he means be not troubled in that way, but rather, don't give up.
1: All is not lost.
0: Right. Don't. Mm-hmm. It's. It looks like the world is like a, a violent, purposeless mess, is what it looks like, um, but it's not. When you see these, I'm telling you that when you see them, I knew they would be happening and I have prepared a refuge and an escape. And, all, and they mean that the promises are coming. So please be sad when you see commotion and please be sad when you see these. But don't give up and don't think, well, we're through and he has forgotten about us.
1: And the end's not coming. Right, And it's not all going to work out because you love that it actually is. And he's going to remind us that. We love where he, he also wants to start talking about signs that we're super familiar with. Those earthquakes, the wars, the blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be darkened. The moon turned to blood.
0: These are, that's verses 39 and 40 and 41 and 42.
1: And those are things that we hear all the time as end time keywords, right? And sometimes people are like, well, where is that going to happen and when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen? And you start realizing as you as you read these, those are things that might happen more than once in more than one place. That as the end is coming and the earth is going to heave and everything's going to be in commotion, the moon might turn red several times in our lifetime and we might experience earthquakes more than once in diverse places all over the world it's like as you're preparing he tells us to have a baby those contractions start small but as you get closer those ramp up right they intensify and these are things that that's going to be true for I can remember a conference many years ago when President Hinckley said this prophecy in Joel had been fulfilled does that mean it's over or does that just mean, here is part of the ramping up. Did you pull up what he said there? Yeah,
0: he says, the era in which we live is the fullness of times spoken of in the scriptures when God has brought together all the elements of previous dispensations. From the day that he and his son manifested themselves to the boy Joseph, there's been a tremendous cascade. I, I just realized I was doing my hand like President Hinckley <laughs> does his <laughs>
1: keep doing that it like brings back uh,
0: there's been a tremendous cascade <laughs> <laughs> Where he said there's been a tremendous cascade of enlightenment poured out upon the world the hearts of men have turned to their fathers in fulfillment of the words of malachi you see how he is connecting all of these the promises of the father's enlightenment and also the signs all at the same time then he said this line the vision of joel has been fulfilled wherein he declared I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will show wonders in heavens and earth. The sun shall be turned to darkness, moon to blood. And I love what you said that like, that that's the way that Joel described like a uh, something big happening, you know? And it became for every prophet after Joel, code language for all the signs, right? But when President Hinckley said, the vision of Joel has been fulfilled. You're kind of like, What? <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Yeah, is, is, that,
1: is Jesus coming in two days? Yeah, maybe today.
0: Yeah. But rather it's just like, oh, you are seeing these things and they are ramping up and you're gonna be begin to see more and more of these things. Um and I We
1: talked about this a little a couple of days ago, or maybe it was on our live. But it's so interesting how we know how these word phrases work out. Like if I say to you, remember when you ruined this last time, try not to ruin it again. If I say to you, stockings and hot chocolate and carols and trees, pine trees and ornaments, you are going to say
0: Christmas. Thank you.
1: (laughs) And um, because those are words that you're like, Oh, I know. Or what about this? If I say Sabbath, pews, hymns, second hour, Um, bread and water, you are going to say, it's so hard for you to just follow the rules. That
0: really is really hard. Church.
1: (laughs) Okay. Because you know those words. And so the prophets learned if they start saying earthquakes in diverse places and
0: sun dark and moon blood and
1: vapors of smoke that, you know, oh, I know what they're talking about. Now they're, you know, you're talking about Christmas. You're talking about church. You're talking about the second coming some of this language is just reminding us, do you know what I'm talking about right now? I'm talking about what Joel talked about. And I'm talking about what Malachi talked about. And I'm talking about, you know, every single person who's used the same words. Then you're like, oh, I know. I know what you're talking about now.
0: Um, then after going through all those signs, he just says in 44. And 44 is the spot in the section where he's like, okay, and then finally... Nancy will be right (laughs) and I will come, (laughs) right? And as you start to fulfill these promises and um, maybe one that you want to add in that you just might overlook is the fact in 44, he says, I will come. Like that was my promise. And that's one of the promises being fulfilled is that he really will come in the clouds of heaven with great glory. Um, And he he says, um, there will be a resurrection start in verse 45. Those who have slept. In verse 46, there's a couple promises that you should write down where he says, "Um, Your souls shall live, your redemption shall be perfected. It is so neat to think about him already redeeming us. It's not a future event, it's a present event. He is redeeming us. But when he comes again is when the redemption will be perfected. And that is such a powerful
1: promise that that he
0: has. Notice how often he's going to mention the nations, plural, mm. that the promises are to are to all. He describes this moment in 45 where he will step on the Mount of Olives and it will divide into, and the Jews, which will have been gathered, will look to him and, and they will ask him in verse 51, what are those wounds in your hands, and your feet? Because their Messiah had come and they're what, what are those? And he will say... These are that the wounds which I was wounded in the house of my friends. I'm Jesus that was crucified, the Son of God. That was me, and they will weep because they had persecuted their king. But that is when they will accept him. And fifty four says, and then the heathen nations are going to be mm-hmm. redeemed also. It's all these groups who just are, are all going to be. It's a it's a the second coming is a a day of redemption oh, for it's all.
1: Everybody coming together. And you love when he talks about Satan will be bound and your children won't even have to worry about sin at that time. And I love when he uses words that are like multiply and he keeps telling us the Lord will be in your midst that just that promise that he's going to be right here with us, which I just love the thought of that.
0: And when you, and when you see words like that, you it's, it's meant to like, take your mind back to, she was saying from verse 58, the earth shall be given to you for an inheritance. That's, um. That's Garden of Eden language where he says to Adam and Eve, I give you this place to multiply, to wax stronger. To it, it's, it's language. It's like, oh, all those beginning promises and intentions of creation are going to be made right, redeemed back to that original state. It, it's all of those. It's all of the blessings to covenant Israel yeah. being fulfilled.
1: In one place. And you love that. I love that as you go through this section, you can look for... Um, warnings and promises, but you also find counsel as you look through here. And one of my favorite places for counsel is in verse 57. He says, For they that are wise and have received the truth and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide and have not been deceived, verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire, but shall abide the day. And I love that he wants us to know this is like when you when you see all of this happening, right, stand in holy places. That's the first thing. Make sure you hold on to that, which is sacred. But be wise. I love when he tells us receive truth. We just came out of a weekend where truth was spoken. And what he's telling us is it's not enough for truth just to be spoken over you, but we have to receive truth truth, and what does that look like in our life? Um, I love when he says you've taken the Holy Spirit for their guide, and we talked about that so much last week in last week's class. As we live the law, as we cling to the law, one of the privileges of living that law and of clinging to it is that increased capacity of recognizing the Spirit in our life, the guidance, the protection, the direction, the comfort, all of those things and and what do you love to say that you live um something about how you live more fully
0: oh just just to just that word to live that i just am like oh it just like i'm more alive
1: yes and i love the thought of that that he's like are you being wise are you um receiving truth Uh, is the spirit alive in you because if those things are happening, then you're going to be okay. You're, you won't be deceived. You're going to make it through all this fig leaf, period, and you're going to walk through it okay.
0: And I love that that counsel comes in reference to, he's like, that, that, I'm talking about the 10 virgins, you know, like, and those who had oil were those who took the Holy Spirit to, to be their guide. And I think in connection with that one is another piece of advice, which is, I mean, first it was be not troubled right? So don't give up, right? But also that 10 virgins parable ends in a wedding. It ends Mm -hmm. in a celebration. It ends in dancing. It ends in wine. Um, It just ends in like... (laughs) That great
1: supper. Right. The feast of the fat things. We love the thought of that.
0: Don't give up. Anticipate and look for right? The promises to be fulfilled. And then I love this advice where he says in 65, and with one heart and one mind, gather up your riches to purchase an inheritance, the new Jerusalem, a land of peace, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the most high God. And it seems like as if he is saying, and in your riches, invest your time and your energy in the good causes. Like that is my advice for you as, as you wait for this. Create holy places where people can gather to when they experience that desolating sickness because he says, people will want to. They will recognize that there are certain places of holiness and they will be drawn to those. So he says, create Mm them, make gathering places for people. That's his advice.
1: One of our favorite verses, probably our favorite verse in section 45. And we love it because of this. When you start talking about the second coming, most people are not as enthusiastic about it as we are probably like we really wish it was today and we long for it and we live for it and we talk about it all the time and sometimes I talk to people who are like ah I don't even want to think about it and I'm not ready and what do I need to do and there's that little bit of just fear that kind of hangs over anytime you talk about the second coming and we love in verse 62 when he says this for verily I say unto you that great things await you. And some of those great things are going to be, he tells us, wars in foreign lands and those things like that. But some of those great things in 64, he tells us, is going to be this great gathering that is going to take place at the same time. And we have to remember that, that some of those great things are going to be good and amazing and miraculous. And we're going to be part of them and think, it is so amazing. I got to live in this time and in this day, and I got to watch all of these things take place. And I love, as, as you think about that, for verily I say unto you that great things await you, that those great things are going to be found as we assemble together, and as we become of one heart and one mind, and as we allow every nation to be part of this gathering and this great work that's happening, that's when we'll see sing songs of joy. Is when we begin to participate in that work, and we're going to see the opposite of all of those things. We're going to see people who walk away. We're going to see division and contention, and we're going to see, um, you know, people feeling isolated and left behind and and not part. But I hope that's not us. I hope that's not our faith community. I hope we are the ones that are making room for and gathering in and offering protection in that safe place that you talked about, that we're creating Zion, that we have one heart and one mind and we're overcoming um, that desolating sickness that plagues all of us right now, that we're learning to stand in that holy place, to create that holy place and to welcome others into that holy place, it seems that's our call.
0: Yeah, you. when you were just talking, I looked up this quote. Do you remember this from April 2018? Our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, this is President Nelson, will perform some of His mightiest works between now and when He comes again. We will see miraculous indications that God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, preside in majesty and glory. Hmm but in coming days it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding directing comforting and constant influence of the holy ghost which we should say hallelujah that gift has been given hmm. right as one of the signs yes. of the time before before he comes so so much to look forward mm-hmm. to no reason to be troubled because we there there is ample revelation and provision and holiness given to the earth to not only for us to be safe but to thrive and to do much good.
1: So good. We love this topic so much. You've heard us talk about it before but if you wish you were studying more about this topic with us, you can go to don'tmissthisstudy.com and under courses, you're going to find our course on the second coming that we had so much fun just pulling together a million things in order to to teach this and and to teach it well, so if you're looking for that, you'll find it there. And then, otherwise, we'll be back next, next week. week.
0: This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at Don'tMissThisStudy.com, and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.